is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello and good news. I am your host, Hannah Canningator, and this is the podcast where I sit down with a comedian or performer and tell them all about the people, places, and current events that are affecting the world in a positive and solution-based way. This week on the podcast, we have actress and comedian Jillian Dunn. Jillian is an improviser on the team Parker Posey with some other great girls I know. Uh, That team hosts a show every fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. And then right after that, she has a show with the team Gefeltafish called Side Coach, which is right after Parker Posey, fourth Wednesday at 8 uh, 8.30, right after, like 8.15, 8.30. Get there at 8.15, be early. Um, She also is a part of Turncoat Comedy, which is the first Wednesday of every month at the Pack Theater. Um, She has a show coming up at the UCB Theater that is a spank show. Um, so she, uh, they have written in, produced it and put all this stuff into it. Uh, it's Jillian Dunn and Katie Nathan, who has also been a guest on in the past weeks. I think she was my second guest Two Awesome. Hilariously talented ladies. That show is Thursday, April 13th at the UCB theater sunset. You can find Jillian at, at hippie Jill both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You can probably find her on the Facebook, Jillian Dunn. I'm just so excited for you to get to meet her. As always, if you like the podcast, rate and subscribe. I'm still a little baby little thing getting out there. And if you shop on Amazon, go to boardwalkaudio.com slash hello and good news. That's my main site for the podcast. Click on the little button that says support our artists and that'll take you to Amazon. You can shop around like you normally would. I just get a teensy little kickback from Amazon when you check out and that helps me uh, just, you know, it's like a tiny amount, but it helps me so much and I really appreciate it if, if ever anybody uses my link. Um, all right. Well, without further ado, let's get this Wednesday show going. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Hello. Good news. I think it's time we had some freaking real good news. Hello and good news. Here we are on my couch, my big red couch. Um, Yeah, I like it too. It used to, uh, we used to have just a shitty little love seat and it was, were you here? Did you ever come over here when it was like that? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I've only been over here one other time and it seemed like it was a pretty, a fairly big couch. A normal size couch. Yeah. We had like a a tiny. Oh, thanks Siri. (laughs) That was super weird. <laughs> How did that... Siri. Siri's trying to insert herself into this podcast. <laughs> There's nothing good news about you, Siri. <laughs> it's so scary. My mom tried to... Um, like, my mom just hates having Siri on her phone, and mm-hmm. so she tried to, like, get rid of her one day. Um, like, she tried to see if you could just do the iPhone without Siri. 
And I think she was trying to get Siri to like turn off or do something. And Siri said, after everything I've done for you. No. And yeah, scary. That is really scary. But that's also odd that you cannot turn Siri off of your phone. If I that, hate it. It's very strange. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah, it's too she gets so creepy sometimes yeah no it makes me think of like space odyssey or something where like you know it, is it going to be like hal and just all of a sudden you're having conversations with your siri computer yeah like legitimately not just like jokingly right or her yeah that's such a great movie i haven't seen it yet oh you gotta see her okay it's very good and it's good in a way that is like uh, I feel like it's one of the first science fiction movies where it takes the robots are going to take over idea and turns it and makes it like emotional instead of scary. Ooh. Um, so it's not it's not scary. It's just like a little uncomfortable and like pulls at your heartstrings. Oh, OK. It, yeah. It just addresses like loneliness and people getting sucked into their technology, Ooh, but yeah. still being very alone from. Yeah, it's really good. And it's also like very beautifully done. Um, okay, actually, speaking of technology, the first story I'll talk about is um, there's a hydrogen-powered train that with zero emissions that just completed its test run in Germany. Ooh. Um, yeah, I think this came out today, actually. So I know where was it was it denmark where every all their trains are solar powered now oh wow um, yeah super cool but this is uh i guess um once once more tests happen now they're gonna begin commercial uh operation to get all their trains this way um and uh it just kind of then goes in to talk about what the future of mass transit is gonna be mm-hmm and then they mentioned the have you heard of the hyperloop uh idea? is that where you can really quickly go from one place to the other or yeah so i looked it up and i guess it's a thing that elon musk of course mm-hmm. yep. elon musk. yeah right <laughs> starting <laughs> um the idea it's like a jetsons deal where you okay. get in a tube and you shoot across right uh, and the first one is supposed to be from LA to San Francisco right. and mm-hmm. you'll be able to get there in 35 minutes. Yep. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I would be down with that. Yeah. That would change so many things. Cause that means that if that happened, then, then you could just live in either city and you would be commuting back and forth. Oh, that's like, true. I didn't think, think about, about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If that's you, really interesting. Yeah. Or I wonder if there would ever be able to be one between New York and LA. People go back and forth between those two cities all the time. But like, what are the ramifications that that would have then on the, uh, you know, the flight industry? Like, I don't see the country allowing something like that to happen quickly because there is that reliance on flying in the air, which costs X amount of dollars, you know, like that's as beautiful of an idea as that is, I think you know, in our country, I don't know how quickly that can actually happen for the people. I know. I, that's what I hate about just change in general because my brain is always like why don't we just do this thing that's better for the environment and cuts down on all this stuff but there's so many moving parts and uh like economical stuff that depends on things Mm -hmm. and and it just takes forever to to change yeah um i think that'll i'm so interested to see where because obviously our modes of transportation are going to change. They Everybody's to. over driving their own car. Right. Like everyone's 
hates it. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> we're going to run out of resources, mm-hmm. you know, like we've got to figure out other ways, which I, you know, obviously we already have. So then it's now implementing them for the people to be able to use. I mean, who knows how long they've even had this technology and had the ability to like do these kinds of things. Right. But it's just not been public knowledge or, you know, accessible to the public because we still need to have that oil driving Mm -hmm. our economy and things of that nature. Yeah. Cause so many people have jobs and integrated in it and it's, yeah, it's a big change to make. Um, I just, I wish that trains in general, like I was telling you earlier how I took the Amtrak to Disneyland yesterday. Yeah. I go to Disneyland all the time. I have an annual pass. I drive down there every single time. Um, And my friend Casey the other day was like, can you take public transportation? And I was like, no, I've Googled it and everything says it takes like three hours. And she was like, I don't think so. I've taken the Amtrak to San Diego before. It always stops in Anaheim. And it's like a four, I guess it's, it's $15, which is a little steep, but parking in the Disney lot is $18. Yeah. So I mean, that right there <laughs> is fine. Yeah. You know, and if the time works out that it's not that much of a difference, yeah. then why not? And it's, and you're saving gas and you're just, you can also like sleep on the way back because that's the worst coming back from Disneyland after a full day. Yep. And it's like you're trying to drive home and it's exhausting. But I was just kind of bummed. I was like, why when I've Googled this, bef- why is it so hard to figure out public transportation? Yeah, that's a good question. I really hate that. I yeah. hate that when you're trying to do it, even when you're looking into it, you really got to like dig. Yeah. And you have to think of everything. Like it took me being like, oh, Amtrak and going on their website. It's not something that shows up even as a possibility when you're putting in directions or putting in public transportation. Really? Yeah, Google won't bring it up. Oh, man. I had to do it all my freaking self with my own brain. And I oh, it. no. <laughs> yeah. Especially as a, as a community, we're all, you know, very just we want to Google. We want to yeah. Google everything. We want to instantaneously be gratified for, for what it is that we want. Yeah. You have to research. Ugh, fuck it. Yeah. It's too much time. I'll just drive my car. Um, yeah. It's also just thinking about Googling things in general. That just made me realize how if you Google something and you can't find it right away, you're like, oh, it probably doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Two pages deep. I'm done. Yeah. I can't find it. Which is so bad because Google has so much control over uh-huh. like and they, you know. But That's also like, scary. Yeah, like people, uh, you know, like with Yelp and stuff, like, you know, anything. Like, can you pay X amount of money in order to get your link to be at the top? Yes. You know, like. You can is it's, the answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's scary. Um, so this train, uh, I guess on the test it reached 50 miles an hour. Um, but it's going to need further testing to make sure that it's safe to go at higher speeds. How do you volunteer for that? Yeah. <laughs> I bet they probably do it with fake people. Oh, I'm sure. At first. I'm sure. But still, like, eventually it has to get. Yeah, the to- first ride. Yeah. I'll probably give you a discount. I'll do anything for a discount. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't get into the Mars program. So, hey, why don't you come and try this thing? Yeah. Yeah, she'll give it a shot. Um, the interesting thing that when I was looking at the Hyperloop idea, um, they're trying to there's so many things they have to figure out about it but one interesting thing they've is that uh the types of materials they're going to use are going to be able to adjust to expand like because it's on california the earth moves so much so if there's ever an earthquake or anything like that Mm -hmm. uh they basically 
they're like figuring out how to make a tube that even if there's earthquakes or the earth is moving, the tube won't change instead like the structure can adapt. Whoa. Elon Musk, guys. Yeah, that's somebody's job. That's he's awesome. So, yeah. He scares me. Why? I think he's a genius, but just like his uh it, it's cr he's like a robot yeah. man and he's totally fine with the fact that he believes 100% that we currently live in a simulation Whoa. maybe that's why he does so well is because he's like I already know this is all fake and I'm going to make these different like he just knows creeps me out a little bit and has endless resources apparently yeah, yeah. and I'm wondering like, just what his he's like the real Tony Stark he's like the real yeah. life Tony Stark that's a good comparison yeah yeah, like what is his is what is his end goal to help people or is it to create a legacy for himself? Like make what money. is yeah. make money? Yeah, what it but it seems like it's more than just making money though. It seems like he really wants to put a stamp on what the future technologies are going to he wants to be that person. Yeah. Which is admirable. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, it's scary. That's a little scary. I just wonder what it must be like. Like when you because I when thinking about like being in a family with Elon Musk, like that kind of thing, like just relating to him as a person, right? Like sitting down and having a conversation or making jokes, right? That must be bizarre. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like when you're that smart, you think nothing is funny. <laughs> oh like, man, Dude. what a fun goal that would be to make him laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go out to dinner with this guy, but just because I want to see if I can make him laugh. Yeah. Because I feel like in my head, he's the kind of guy where like you make a joke and he's like, actually, that wouldn't even be possible because uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's how I feel like Walt Disney was, too, though. Yeah. Also, Disney is such a crazy thing. Yeah. When I go there, I think about the same with Harry Potter land, like how bizarre this is somebody's imagination. And we all dig it so much that we made an actual fake world yeah. for us all to walk around Escaping in their to. little land. Yeah. It's crazy. And how crazy that must be to like be JK Rowling going to Harry Potter world in Harry Potter land. I wonder like, if she's done that. Do you think she's done that? She, I'm sure she had to be a part of like the designing and or like the final. I don't know. I'm sure she had to give some things her okay. Yeah. I mean, it's her world. And that's what's fascinating too to me is that like she had an instinct to write this story uh, that was in her brain and so many people just clamor towards it so yeah. is is she tapping into something that is a universal thing like group mind for you know yeah. like that kind of thing without knowing it or you know because she like if you read some of her backstory or whatever like she wasn't always this you know I'm sure she's a billionaire now at this point yeah um you know she struggled she failed yeah. yeah she got rejected and um so it's just fascinating to me how quickly that could probably change for somebody and you're right now there's theme parks and mm -hmm. cereals and it's that's crazy yeah she's got a whole industry based off of her imagination um i like the idea of collective i was talking i was a guest on cassie jerkins podcast love cassie yeah go listen guys it's called dumb nerds and it's so fun uh but for our episode we talked about the titanic and mm -hmm. we were talking about how there was a book written um i think like 14 years or something before the titanic sank about a boat called the titan that was the biggest boat ever made that hit an iceberg and sank in the middle of the no Atlantic way Ocean. yeah right that's crazy um yeah it told like the full story of the titanic 14 years before it happened so we were talking about that like what like um 
just collective yeah mind and like do are we all tuned in do we know stuff is time a circle and not a line right right you know? was nostradamus correct yeah yeah um interesting interesting stuff uh okay well now for this next one i'm gonna talk about where did it go uh this couple donated this couple just donated a bug collection worth 10 million dollars to um i think asu yeah asu they donated the whole thing to the university um every specimen in the collection is worth five to three hundred dollars depending on how rare it is so basically the university can keep it or give it or, or sell it to science basically and have a ton of money whoa um and these are all oh, oh my god my foot's falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> these are all um bugs that they collected themselves so it's a couple they just like they also like fell in love and how i think they're in their 80s now yeah they're they're 80 the 83 uh, charles um and lois o'brien charles is 83 lois is 89. wow um and they met at uh the university of arizona in the 1950s and then they just have slowly spent their life collecting so many <laughs> bugs that how question what determines the price of a bug <laughs> <laughs> Like, how is this bug $5,000 and then this bug is $800? Yeah. Is it where they come from or how long they've been extinct or? I think, yeah, it must have to do with their rarity. I had never even, the thought had never even crossed my mind that you could sell a bug. Right. Right. <laughs> so are they archaeologists? Like, what is it that? They're entomologists or, okay, wait, they're octogenarians. Oh, uh, which I don't know what that means. So Google freaking help me out fast. Here. Okay, but I know entomologists are the bug people. Okay, uh, so the entomologists at ASU said that the collection is like a gold mine for res researchers. Would double the university's current holdings, and um, that the collection will help scientists piece together large branches of insects, families, trees, mm -hmm. and like just be a resource resource for scientists and that some of these bugs that they have found like also haven't been found before oh really yeah um now were these uh, bugs all living oh, when they octogenarian found just means somebody who's over 80. oh like <laughs> fancy way of saying some, older yeah. <laughs> uh i thought it was like a degree yeah <laughs> I, I thought it was like a study <laughs> we all get to be that someday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what do you do when you're 80 years old? What do you want to do when you grow up? I plan on being an octogenarian. It does sound like a very smart thing. To it say. does. It really does. Uh, so they must. I think they're both. I guess kind of entomologists. Then. I mean, it's super cute that they're you know giving it to the school that they met at. Mm -hmm. That's very sweet. Um, and they got they've gone on so many adventures together, like all over the world. And I guess uh, one. There's like a really cute little story about one time they were in Brazil um, or yeah, or maybe New Zealand or something. Um, I don't know, a different country than America. 
<laughs> the price is going up. The price of these bugs is going up. Uh, and they were like in the bush and they were looking for some cool, cool bugs. And um, these two dudes like, oh, Venezuela. Okay. Uh, these two dudes like came out of the brush with uh, guns and like <gasps> were pointing them at them. Uh-huh. And they were all aggressive. And it's because they thought that the, uh, that the couple was trying to steal caimans which are like the small crocodiles um and they were like no 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 we're just the the charles the husband like came running out of the pond with like a net in his hand it was like no we're just getting bugs (laughs) and they were like oh okay okay that's fine yeah (laughs) well i mean little did they know Mm -hmm. so crazy 10 million dollars of bugs also their whole house has I think they have two full rooms in their house all full of bugs. I would imagine. But what a romance, you know, like going around the world together as a couple and doing this life's work that they both love. And, you know, I want to know what they argued about. Like, I want to know, like, you know, what that relationship was like. Probably the Tupperware drawer being messy. Right, right. (laughs) Quit leaving your bugs in the Tupperware. Um. Yeah, they said they would just they would go to all these different countries and they would just pick a spot where they would be like that that over there looks like there'll be hella bugs. And yeah. then they would just get out and go hunting together. See again that's an bugs. instinctual choice, right? Like yeah. just like with uh, JK Rowling, she she had a, a a desire, she had an instinct to do this. Yeah. And it made her filthy rich. Yep. So these people are just going by their guts. Yeah, always. I always feel like just follow your gut, and money will figure itself out. Oh yeah, like don't do something because of money ever. Well, that you know, that's its its own thing. Like if only we could make decisions through our guts all the time and not worry about money, as circumstances in life prove that sometimes you can't. That's not pot. Yeah, it's not always possible. Just I wonder what the world would be like if everybody followed their instincts. Or uh, yeah, their dream. Maybe uh, instincts is it well. Some people's dreams are probably gnarly too, but yeah. and some people's instincts are also gnarly. Yeah, um, but just if there was no money, yeah, yeah. I wonder how we would. I talk about this every episode, but I just hate it so much, and it. I just it's funny to think about. Okay, what would the world be without money? But there has to be a way. I guess it's because we're we always feel like we have to quantify something, mm-hmm. but there it's like the only system that works to be like I'll give you this if you give me this, right? Like it's just a numbered bartering system, basically. Right. Maybe trading yeah. goods and servants services, but yeah, it gets skewed along the way. Mm-hmm. And then some things are just not worth the amount of trade, like right? People can make a pair of tennis shoes and charge $700 for them. Right. And, but then, you know, it's the allowance of, of doing that. Like, well, I'm willing to pay $700 for yeah, these shoes. So they like them so dang much. Right. So then it's not going to stop, you know? Yeah. Uh, money, 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 mm-hmm. money, $10 million in bug money. Man, let's go find some bugs, Hannah. Yeah. Um, I used to love bugs when I was little so much. I'm so scared of spiders, uh, but I was always really into bugs. There was a, my mom is always like, why are you so scared of spiders? Yeah, I, I remember when you were little, you used to love spiders. And we used to get those really cool cat spiders, like the ones that are with the big ass butts and they have the cool designs on them and they make really intricate webs. Oh, I don't know if I know. 
Um, they're just like, let me pull up a photo of a cat spider. Cat they're, spider. Yeah, they're just like very, um, they look very cool. I mean, I or appreciate a like good web spider. design. You know, like it, when I see a spider's web. They're just the really big, like intricately designed. Sorry, I just interrupted you. No, 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 that's but okay. But yeah. Um, see, I, I, I love spider webs. Yeah. Unless you run into one and you don't realize right. it. Right. That's a whole different thing. But I remember because I was like, I don't know. I think I remember the incident, though, that changed everything. Oh, yeah. It was uh, there was a spider's nest on our porch. And I also used to love the book Charlotte's Web. Sure. So much. So sure. There's a spider's nest on our porch and it hatched. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then I was like watching all the little baby spiders do their little parachute into the world thing which is actually very cool and i was like wow wow and then i looked down and realized like a bunch of them were on me oh yeah and then i looked around and saw that there was just like millions of them all over and something switched in my brain from oh, being like yeah. this is cool to like get it off of me right and i feel like maybe that was when um it's so interesting how sensation and memory are tied yeah uh are you sensitive to to scent to touch and things of that nature? Are you a tactile person? Um, yeah, I guess I am. I love soft things. Mm -hmm. I'll like sit and be the weirdo in a room if there's something soft next to me. I'll just sit in a corner and pet it. And pet it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, then I lived in Missoula, Montana, where there was hobo spiders. Oh, and what's so a hobo spider? It's like, um, related to the brown recluse, but it's Ooh. way bigger and aggressive. Ooh. Like brown recluse, they're called recluses because they just like. You probably won't see them ever. The introverted You'll, spider. Yeah, they like try and hide. And if you get bit, it's probably because you rolled over it while you were sleeping or something. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but hobo spiders are like this big on average. I'm holding. It's like a okay sign, but a little bigger. Um, and Not they, okay. No, they come up from drains a lot. They they can't crawl on walls, but they will like hop. They'll lunge towards you. Ooh, no, sir. Mm -mm. And they leave gnarly, gnarly bites like brown recluse. <sighs> a truck Goodness. agrees. Uh, anyways, there. I used to live in a a room that was converted from a garage into a bedroom, and then after that, I lived in a house that was converted from a barn into a house. So like, there was always big ass spiders in it. Yeah, that could also have something to do with your fear of spiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got braver though, because like the little ones, I'd be like, "Well, those don't matter," but the hobos, not a fun. Uh, that's time. like that's like spider size shaming in a way. The small <laughs> ones are also can be very deadly. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Uh, one hobo spider. I remember my boyfriend at the time was in my room and a hobo spider came out and he took my huge uh, theater history book, like those big fat ones, mm -hmm. and he like smashed it and then drug it across the floor. And the hobo spider like crawled out <gasps> from under the book and kept running. Oh, my and God. So he like smashed it again and it like did it again. And then he finally got it a third time and it ran out from under the book, ran like across the room and then died. And I was thinking about it. I was like, that's like if a human got hit by a building and got up and kept running and got hit by another building and then sprinted again and then finally that's so terrifying that's a fighter <laughs> i actually find that to be pretty cool like that that spider or that person in your uh, yeah. <laughs> analogy is that the right term uh yeah. you know they uh they are a survivor until they're not <laughs> so that's commendable in I was my like, opinion the amount of strength in that body 
so terrifying. And then the brain just yeah. does it in. <sighs> okay, well, moving on from bugs and spiders. Are you scared of spiders? I don't think so. Um, I don't. I don't think I am. Like, I feel like I see them and like, I'll leave them. Like, I'm like, all right, you'll kill some of those gnats and and mosquitoes yeah. and stuff. I mean, I've seen black widows before and things of that nature. And then there is that instinctive thing that's like, okay, that could poison. That can me. hurt me. Um, you know, and like I used to work at a vintage clothing store, and so like being aware that like there could be spiders back there, like the brown recluses or whatever yeah. is uh, indigenous to Southern California. But I don't know, like there's nothing, and snakes too, like I don't really feel like I'm scared of snakes, like these things that like a lot of people are just inherently scared of for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I don't think I am. I think it's like a biological thing mm-hmm. on some level. I'm not scared of snakes as much. Uh, well, we also don't live in an area, like if I was in Australia, I would be scared of snakes. But uh, they have the worst. They have the scariest spiders and the scariest snakes. They'll just kill you. And scariest people. I mean, Australia, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, but snakes, like the snakes I, I grew up with, the bad ones were the rattlesnakes. But those you you know mm-hmm. if well, they announce coming. Themselves. Yeah, they're like, yeah. please don't come any closer or I will bite you. My thing with spiders in the house is I'm like, I know if I was in your house, you would kill me. Like if I... <laughs> it's your territory. Yeah. If I accidentally walked into a spider house, they would murder me. So I feel not as bad. I'll usually let them go unless they're like too... Unless it's too much. Yeah. Um, But if I have to kill them, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just know where the cards in the other shoe. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I put cards in shoes all the time, Hannah. <laughs> it's a game. What card is in this shoe today? <laughs> I know that they would not welcome me. No. And if the foot's in the other deck, it's <laughs> over. Over. Um, okay, this next story. Speaking of homes and being welcomed into homes. Um, this story is about a guy named Victor. Shout out to Elizabeth Gerard for sending me yet another good news story. Ooh. Um, so there's this Facebook... the page that she sent me it's a facebook page called this is victor um and it's uh a page for a guy named victor who uh was uh basically a homeless man in texas who was residing at the corner of el camino real and nasa road um and this is like a whole community of people have like rallied around him to care about him Mm -hmm. um but it started with this woman named um da, da, ginger sprouse it's a great that. name it's a great name that sounds like a name that would be at the beginning of like an awesome children's novel oh sure you know oh sure i yeah like a a child heroine yeah yeah like and then i went to live with ginger sprouse and she changed my life yeah like miss honey i was just gonna yeah. say like miss honey from matilda totally yeah um so she this is in clear lake texas and she used to drive by um victor all the time when she was on her way to work um and so she eventually was like i'm gonna stop out and i'm gonna figure out like i should talk to him and see what his story is um so she she went and talked to him and it turned out like he uh homeless obviously and had some mental health issues going on and so she ended up being like okay i'm gonna get you a hotel 
for tonight. And then she offered him a job at her cooking school called Art of the Meal. It was and, her school? Mm-hmm. Oh. And, she, and he was like really helpful and kind and gracious and welcoming. And so then he ended up getting another job um, and he helps clean up and greets the guests and talks to people and stuff. And, um, and now he's a greeter at another restaurant. And uh, now he actually lives. And I had another story kind of similar to this a couple weeks ago, but now he lives with the Hubbard family. Like oh, after wow. getting to know him and getting him work and stuff, they, uh, he ended, he's like moved into their home with them oh, wow. for a while until he can, um, kind of get on his, on his own feet. And there's a GoFundMe that got set up, not the GoFundMe of the week, but, um, more than $3,500 was donated to it. Um, so far to help him like kind of get his own spot going in. He's they, uh, Ginger like took him to get care. And so like the mental illness is a little more, he's just getting help and like getting control of that and was able to go to a doctor and get well. Um, he saw his mom for the first time in like years and years. They, They like contacted his mother and he was able to see her and like hug her. They had been like estranged and, um, he just says he feels more loved and more welcomed. And then, yeah, so she set up this uh, Facebook page for him, which is like the a community page um, where people just like keep keep up with him, keep up with him. And yeah, that's great. I know. I love that. I just love. Um, well, especially what we were talking about earlier, like just being so involved in technology and like in our own thing and the low and the loneliness factor and all of that just stepping outside of that for a second to really ask somebody what's going on right what is your what's your deal yeah can i help you and yeah i love it so so heartwarming yeah i was uh driving home yesterday uh and i was on western And there was a woman who was kind of punching the air and kind of seemed out of sorts. And as she got closer to my car, as I was passing her, I realized that uh, I could see her belly. Mm -hmm. And then I put it together. My view was obstructed, but I put it together that this woman had no pants on. I don't know if she was completely naked because, again, I didn't see it in time. As I went up a little bit, there was a gentleman outside of his car that was on his phone. So I I put together, well, this man is obviously watching this woman from afar to make sure she's taken care of. And as I drove around the bend, there was a police officer that was getting flagged down by a motorcyclist who was letting them know where the woman was because the the officer's lights were on. Ah. So to see these things, because I had the instinct after it kind of hit me, I was like, I should turn around and and try to help her. Yeah. But it's tricky, right? It's re- yeah. Uh, but woman to woman, I was like, well, she obviously needs help. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a woman, and and maybe that would be enough to get her off the ledge if she like just to assess the situation yeah. a little bit. But the idea is, do I allow this person into my car? Right. I have no idea what her state is, or do I just comfort her? Do I just get out of my car and go and try to speak with her? Yeah. Not knowing how that will end. So I think that's what keeps people at bay a lot of mm-hmm. from doing things like this is just that idea of, well, we just don't know the outcome of that. We don't yeah. know the people's instinct. We yeah. don't know what's going to drive them. You know, like people used to hitchhike all the time in America, yeah. you know, and then 
slowly but surely the Murderers abusers were what, like, uh, oh, this is easy. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so then we get into a state of fear, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's very hard, but I do think that people do want to help. Like obviously those two gentlemen, yeah. the police officers are going to help her. Ultimately, she's probably going to end up in holding in a police station yeah. or, you know, end up in a mental hospital. They can't take care of her and then she's going to get back on the streets and the cycle continues. Right. Yeah. So what can we truly, truly do? I know it's hard. It's like such a hard question and it's hard too because um, everybody's case is so individual. Right. There's no thing that's like, yeah, if you see somebody pull over and you'll be able to help them, it's like so much deeper than that. Right. Well, and that's why this story and another one I talked about is so cool because, um, this is like, you don't just get somebody, if she had just said, okay, Victor, here's a hotel room for right. you tonight. That's not solving the problem. Right. You got to jump in like long term, and really, um, be all in. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying everyone should do that. I don't think I could do that. Right. But I'm so glad that there are stories where that people do feel like they're in that place in their life where they can do that. Yeah. The and, other, and want to. Yeah. The other story I talked about was, uh, oh, I still need to read this book. Okay. I'm going to order it today. It's called The Stranger in My Armchair. And it's a similar situation. Um, but with an, a woman who was in her like... 80s I want to say uh that this husband and wife took into their home and it was a it sounds like a freaking roller coaster ride because she was also had some undiagnosed thing Psychosis, going yeah. on probably borderline or who knows right. what um that made it very difficult at times to keep uh and she so she was older so she, she it's not like she could go out and get a it was like really she was in their house all the time and and they, they, it started out as something of like, well, you can stay with us for a couple of weeks. And it turned into years and years oh, until wow. she eventually passed away. They just, they like took her into their, into their family. Home. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a pretty incredible story. I really want to read it. You know, I wonder too, having more stories like that, that are accessible to people, uh, like even like something as simple as a mainstream show, like this is us, where you see a relationship where, uh, a man has welcomed in a person that either they're related to or they're not. And that comes in yeah. and, and that narrative is, is being told and millions of eyes are on this story. Does that help encourage a type of empathy in people that they are more open to these kinds of circumstances to helping their fellow man? And I hope the answer to that is that there will be yeah. a positive uh, effect on everyone that at least an awareness of, Oh, there's an older homeless man that's by my apartment and I mean we can't all take people in you yeah. know like we don't have that that ability but maybe those that do it it will mm -hmm. it can happen you or know? at least having empathy about it right at least changing the attitude from like god get a job you know some people really do have that attitude about the homeless yeah. population and it's just that's not the it's case not that at simple. all it yeah. is not it's not that they are feeling lazy like that's not why anyone is homeless oh yeah and, you know but some people really think that and so yeah i think the media on maybe unfortunately and fortunately has so much power and so like well, and that's also why people are afraid to reach out to people because of how much stuff we see on the media about the negative repercussions of it. Yeah. All the true crime, all the uh, all the law and order SVUs. People get off on that. They yeah. love it. And then you start to think that it's 
scary. And well, and that's like also, uh, the yeah, the media just has so much power, like different marginalized groups who just aren't represented in the media at all. Right. Because uh, it's like mostly it's forever just been tons of white people on shows. And right. Sh- and, and that has so much power because it makes a whole group of people feel like they don't belong. Right. Which is just that's starting to change a Thank little God, bit. Thank yeah. God. Um, I saw Beauty and the Beast yesterday and I was like, you know what? Good job, Disney. Yeah. They uh, they well, I know Arkansas or some country was like throwing a fit about the like homosexual undertones. Oh, that, in it. that was in either Mississippi or Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. It was Alabama somewhere, which in- I went to the University of Alabama <laughs> and, and I'm from Mississippi. So that's why it resonates. I'm like, yeah. it's, it was one of the places I lived. Yep. Yeah. Um, which is so funny to me. I'm like, okay, you have a problem with homosexuality, but you don't have zero issues with a woman falling in love with a with beast a buffalo. Man. Yeah. <laughs> See, part of me too thought that that might just have been, you know, because this is the day and age that we live in, just kind of something to stir up and to yeah. create more of a sensation, so that people would want to go and support the film. Because you know, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, what what's the saying about like uh, no news is bad news or oh, whatever right. you no know press is bad press or right. something like uh, or no there's no such thing as bad press right there we go and I and it's not that I necessarily don't believe that because there are uh, certainly growing up in that you know I lived in Mississippi for ten years I lived in Alabama for five years I lived in Georgia for five years that does exist that yeah. does happen but the way that that story blew up and the national attention that it got there was something that did feel to me like. I don't know if this was done to get more people to go see this movie or if it was just, I don't know. It felt a little icky to me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe a little too, maybe a little too blown out. Yeah. Maybe that's, and sadly, maybe it's because stuff like that happens all the time to me. Like, you know, or at least it did, you know, being there. I mean, but there's also the flip side of that, which is like, there's plenty of places that are probably showing that movie to make a stand. Yeah. uh, You know, in that, in that, in that state, that actual state. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, the the idea that like, oh, these gay characters and there's so much gay stuff in Disney. Yeah. You know, like. Well, I'm glad so they funny. gave such a strong, like it's very obvious in it. And they give a real strong nod to like uh, at one point because there's it, a lot of it is uh, set up exactly like the cartoon. They'll do the same shots and stuff. Oh, so, wow. Uh, at the end, the wardrobe she changed when they're chasing everybody out of the castle the wardrobe you know dresses those three guys up at like women and they run away oh There's really a beautiful moment where she dressed where one of the guys is dressed up like a woman and he like looks down and like smiles at no her and is like, in a, like thank you like i love this way and then runs away And so there's little stuff like that. And then at the end, when everybody changes back to humans, two of the couples, um, like Lumiere and the the duster lady, they're interracial couples. It just was like, I'm good job. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that you included things that are in the world at all times and did it in like a celebratory way. I love that. Yeah. Not like it was a movie, like tearing down barriers or anything but it was just nice to see like very cool yeah also disney so much of your audience is gay and so like <laughs> yeah. i'm glad that you are like being like yeah <laughs> yeah oh definitely yeah and i don't mean to say what i say and and discredit that uh being a statement of truth which is these oh. owners uh obviously have a homophobic agenda and it does deserve to be talked about so yeah. i just want to make that clear oh yeah i didn't think you yeah. were saying that at all yeah um, and, and- and I love that too, though, 
because when we live in a time where you now have people creating buses that are going around talking about how boys are boys and girls are girls and you can't feel any way differently and yeah. there are people that are going around and uh, reviving about what they believe which is they're right yeah. uh, it's nice that a big mainstream movie will yeah. take a stance and have uh, you know this sort of situation happening that's very nice yeah I liked it um, it was just nice to see so why were we talking oh yeah we were just talking about the power of media oh yeah Um, it's nice to see when it's used in in an inclusive way. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that shows like Ellen were happening and companies like Ford were pulling their advertisement from the show because there was a gay leading character uh, openly uh, stating on their show, I'm gay. Yeah. You know, that it really wasn't that long ago. And and again, being in, at Mississippi in that time, having uh, adults that I knew at that time saying, well, I... I'm so proud that I own an Explorer and I I don't like the Ellen program or they did like the Ellen program. Yeah. And then once that was stated, stopping watching it uh, because they feel so strongly about their uh, religious belief, which is, again, their point of view. And they're able to do that. But to see how far the media has come yeah. and, and mainstream television and movies, it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, I hope. And it's got to keep moving in that whole direction. I'm glad. Just glad about those the good ones out there. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, okay. So wait, now we're on the GoFundMe of the week. Ooh. Which, um, uh, thank you, Stephen Perlstein, for sending me this GoFundMe of the week. Uh, Stephen runs Boardwalk Audio, and he is an awesome human being. And quite funny. Yeah, he's so funny. I remember seeing him uh, when I was just starting out doing improv. I saw him do a two-man. Um, it was before I had started listening to Improv for Humans or any of mm -hmm. that. Great really podcast. Um, wait, Improv Obsession uh, podcast? Yes, sorry. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> just redo the whole thing. I was like, yep. Before no. I saw him doing Matt Besser's uh, podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a two-man improv. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Improv Obsession podcast, which is a great podcast. It is a great podcast. Um, yeah, I saw him do a two-man, and I was like, who is that guy? He's so funny. They're, they have so much energy. He's like such a positive... He's just got a real positive energy about him. Wait, who anyway, are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Matt Besser. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, he sent me this one. So this is right up my alley. And honestly, what I wish I was doing in addition to this, I'm glad somebody is. It's called The Good Newspaper. So this is a Kickstarter for this. Uh, the idea is, I think it's kind of going to be like the uh, positive news uh, that I highlighted, That, but they're based out of the UK. This is based out of the US. And it's a printed newspaper fighting against a world full of hate by celebrating the people, ideas, and movements that are changing the world. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, so it's just going to be, I think, um, quarterly, uh, quarterly newspaper. Only um, in print, not online at all. They want it to be print media. Yeah, uh, oh. it might be online as well. Um, but I, but they just want like a newspaper, a traditionally printed newspaper. Um, That's great. Yeah, I like that so much. I don't know. There's something about holding like reading something like a newspaper or a book that's so different than reading it online. Yeah. Um, and it also like seems more legitimate. Yeah. 
more celebrated. Mm-hmm. And the design and just everything that goes into actually making something in print. Um, yeah, the the whole idea, kind of the same as this podcast, the stories and tools inside will leave you feeling less overwhelmed and more capable of being a part of the good in the world. Um, and so, yeah, they're having a Kickstarter to get that going. I think it's already reached its goal. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But it's still going for 90 more days. And I feel like anytime a Kickstarter does a thing, they do the minimal that they need. Mm -hmm. So there's no hurt in giving them some extra funding. Now, Um, where are they going to source their their uh, columns or, uh, you know, what? God, what is the term? What like like how are they going to do their their news? Where are they going to get their news from? Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, it seems like. I bet they'll have people working specifically for them who go out. Journalists? No, like a journalist oh person. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> it's like a person who, like, works for a thing of news, <laughs> and they'll, like, go into the world, and they'll, like, maybe do interviews, and then they'll, they'll like, type up a thing about it. I'm going to donate to this because I want these issues. Yeah. Uh, so that's a cool thing about the the newspaper is – I keep doing this gross, like – now you make me want water uh the the kickstarter like you get something for pledging um you get different issues if you you get a subscription you're Mm -hmm. uh, you're essentially paying for a subscription yeah that's great um 40 bucks will give you a full year subscription to the newspaper plus a good news pin um Gosh, I'm I'm so excited about this. And I love I keep seeing uh more stuff like this, like uh this newspaper, like this podcast. Like there's actually a lot of places out there we're all trying to do the same thing. That's fantastic. Um, which is cool. The superhero movies aren't doing it anymore. People want the morale boost from supporting each other and, yeah. and doing things that uh I mean, this is kind of a retro idea at this point, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it is something that you can do as an artist as an individual while you may not be able to take a homeless person off the street and put them in your house or give them a job or a means you can support this paper and you can get your issue and your subscription and you are giving something yeah which is pretty cool and getting something in return absolutely and uh uh like i've said when i was talking about the positive news uh when when you read and hear stories about solutions about positive change you're more inclined to go do them yourself true like hearing this story about these this woman who took in this home like that makes you want to make a change in your own life when you're driving by a homeless person it makes you think about it more so than if you hear a negative story oh it's very true you know it makes you i feel like it makes you feel like you can do more than when you just hear the statistics of like how many homeless people are on the street that right. sounds more overwhelming to try and change than when you hear about somebody actually making an impact. You're right. like, oh, I could do this too. Right. And it- and positivity uh, creates more positivity. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right in that for sure. So, yeah, I love, I, I like this. And I love the, like, phys- the idea of a physical newspaper showing up at your door. Yeah, that is a fun fun thing uh i did not answer the question at all of how they're gonna get their news um that's okay i I guess you'll find out you'll have to let us (laughs) know um people are gonna find it um but yeah i imagine it'll be like actual reporters going and doing stories 
I hope so. I hope people that are going to college that are choosing to do that still that are now also choosing to get journalism degrees are. Yeah. You know, I hope that there's still people out there getting degrees in journalism. I think there are a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. College itself seems to be something that might not be Mm -hmm. generationally what's going on right now for people. I don't know what I don't have kids. I don't know. What it's, what the haps is? I don't know what the haps is either. It's very it's so expensive. Yeah, it's. I looked out. I went to a state school. I got a scholarship, and it was. Uh, I'm not paying off student loans. Mm-hmm. I like it was minimal costs, and we were like able to cover it as a family. Yeah. Like I worked through college, but the I, I was paying like nothing compared to. College is like fifty thousand dollars. It's a so year, expensive, you know? but we're all, well. At least I am the daughter of baby boomers, and so that's a whole generation that everything was made affordable for them, and they yeah. had the ability and the opportunity. A lot of people started going to school, yeah. and so that was the thing that you do. Like it was never a question of my brother and I: Are you going to college? No. Where will you go to college? Like we knew mm-hmm. we were going, but at this point, you know, if I were given the opportunity i would really have to to think is that something that i need to do in order to move forward in my life i don't yeah. know if it's worth it to go into extreme debt in order to study when you can go out in the world and get hands on experience yeah and move forward in the same regard in a lot of ways yeah um I but i don't know i also don't know what it's like to hi- be hired when you don't have a college degree right um if it really is as impossible as it was made to sound when i was told to go to college you know like Mm -hmm. I was told if you don't have a college degree you will not be able to get hired for anything and I I don't know if that's true anymore well now it's almost like a bachelor's degree is the same as a high school degree oh really it seems like um so it goes both ways I feel like sometimes it doesn't matter and sometimes it's like well you got to have a graduate degree to even be considered for anything which is crazy as well I mean I have no idea because our our field of jobs is yeah it's all made up and play pretend anyway right so but right no it's true so I don't know what it's like to try and get a a jobby job 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 I'm so glad my parents like had that debt discussion with me because I wanted to go to NYU so bad mm-hmm. and they were like we support you we think that's great we just want to let you know that you will have to take out a lot of loans like we can't we can uh, my mom I like would always set aside savings and had been since I was a little kid. She was like, with the scholarships you have in this, we can afford to send you to this state school and you will be able to leave and be debt free and not have to pay. If you go to NYU, you will be paying $300,000 off for a long time. Right, right. <laughs> and I just remember being like, whoa. Because in my head, it was always just like, and then I'm going to go to NYU and life will be great. And they like laid it out for me in a really nice and educational way that was like, you can totally do that. If this is your number one dream in your whole life, then Mm -hmm. do that. But just want to let you know. Reality. What is real. And that we are just a middle class family in the middle of Wyoming and we can't do that. Right. Um, And I'm so glad we talked about that because then I ended up going to, yeah, the University of Montana on a scholarship and I don't know where I would be right now if I hadn't done that. Sure. Choices. Choices change your life, people. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. Okay, we are on Hometown News. Hometown News. Yeah. So I found, uh, so um, Jillian is from Flowood. Flowood. I always keep wanting to say Flowrida. (laughs) Uh, Flowood, Mississippi. 
And I've got a little story for you about a girl from Flowood who is, I think she's eight years old. Oh my God, love it already. Yeah. Yeah, she's eight. This girl is eight years old and she has started a lemonade business. And it's called Be Chill Lemonade. She has sold more than 500 gallons of lemonade uh, at the farmer's market. Um, And she's obviously made money. She's probably going to college. She started her fund early. Yeah. Uh, But she her mission statement is that she wants to create a community and a networking system that will close the gap between young dreamers and current business owners and entrepreneurs. Oh, my. What? Girl is eight. I could not form that sentence today. If somebody was like, what's your mission statement, Hannah? I'd be like, (laughs) Uh, put shoes on and leave my house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To take a shower today. Yeah. Uh, she also donates 10% of her profits to her church. Oh. Um, the Greater New Friendship Missionary Baptist Church. And then the majority of her earnings go back into the business to keep the, uh, although she keeps a little pocket money for snacks. <laughs> and her little brother, Demetrius the second, oh. he's four years old and he gets to keep any of the tips that the customers. Oh my gosh. In. Uh, she started out by squeezing all lemon, all of her lemons by hand, because wow. it's like handmade lemonade, yeah. squeezing lemons, and Oof. no joke. Um, they've gone through over seven thousand lemons, um, but she initially started did the first like I think forty gallons all by hand, and then they eventually upgraded to like a a juicer situation. Yeah. Uh, well, you you know supply and demand, right? Yeah. She sounds so smart. I guess what happened was, so her dad is like, he teaches, um, he teaches business, I think. Um, Does it say where? JSU or? Let's see where. uh, Yeah. Okay. So he's a teacher at Murray High School in Jackson. And he uh, instructs classes in entrepreneurship, business law, and business communication. Yeah. Murray's a great, great school. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, this is always so funny because everyone knows they're like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, and then so he would like talk to her daughter, his daughter about it. And made some comment of like, you should uh, you should try and start a business by the time you're like 10, like do a little business. Oh, my God. And she the way she came up with it was she made a glass of lemonade like with her own recipe and left it on the counter. And her dad came home from work and like drank it and really liked it. And she was like, this is the business. And she didn't tell him she had made it. (laughs) Smart girl. I guess the apple or the lemon doesn't fall too far from the bush. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he must be so proud. Yeah. uh, Eight years old. Yeah. Good for her. I could not start a business right now. I have an Etsy store and... And I've tried the eBay thing. I've talked about all that in the past. It's hard. It is hard. It is very, very hard. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not just one person doing that stuff when it comes to like the big. Yeah. I mean, especially at this point when like uh, now on Etsy, you have these, you know, companies that are making stuff overseas, you know, and, and selling it on Etsy. Like yeah. it's just it's a whole different ballgame than what it used to be. Whole. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing. Well, maybe you should just start making your Etsy stuff and leaving it on the counter and seeing what happens <laughs> and also farmer's market i mean that's a really you know cool thing too yeah i i'm so glad to hear that there is a farmer's market uh that is accessible to flowwood because that i was not aware of when i was living there oh. so that makes me really happy but she's probably going to the jackson one if her father's teaching at murrah um which is great either way um 
but yeah, like getting, getting and building small, like get your community, get, hook your dad and then hook your community. <laughs> and then from there, I mean, but yeah, that mission statement, good for her. Yeah. And giving back 10 to the church. I love it. I wonder if he has her come in and speak, uh, on career day for his class. <laughs> oh my God, he should. That'd make an impact. <laughs> and now my eight year old daughter <laughs> Who runs a successful <laughs> lemonade business in the farmer's market. He's running to Northwest Rankin or wherever she goes to school. Please excuse my daughter for the day. She's going to be speaking at my high school for <laughs> career day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did. I pulled two stories because they're both about little girls doing awesome stuff. Yay! So this is... Um, I, both of these I pulled from the Clarion Ledger. Oh, yep. Clarion Ledger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The local paper. <laughs> yep. Love it. Um, This one is about a little girl um, named Becca Blair. She does, she's nine years old. She read an article one day about landfills and how much uh, trash humans make. I've talked about that in past episodes too. It's really depressing. Mm -hmm. She realized, she found out that 70% of what we throw away can be recycled. And then she started asking her uh, mom if they could start recycling um, and then she turned that into uh, a science experiment and had her household recycle for a week. And then she turned that into a community project and decided to offer recycling in her neighborhood, and uh, which didn't have any recycling. Yeah, I didn't have recycling in my neighborhood yeah. growing up. And I was, you know, part of that gated community kind of stuff or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, uh, it just wasn't a thing to do. I don't think that I lived anywhere that really recycled until I lived in Ithaca. Oh, New York. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that she's organizing this kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. She goes all around, I guess, Saddlewood is the neighborhood. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know that neighborhood. Saddlewood and Bridalwood. They're Bridalwood, both- I know. Okay. Yeah. So they must be near each other. I'm like, these all have to be near each other. Yeah. Flowood, Saddlewood, Bridalwood. They've yeah. all got to be. Yeah. Flowood is like an actual like town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a suburb that, that broke off because it grew so quickly that like it had to kind of be its own thing between Pearl and Branded, but Bridalwood is a neighborhood. Okay. Um, so Saddlewood must be a neighborhood too. It, that Saddlewood sounds like it's probably a neighborhood in that area. This is like the reservoir area. That's what it, it yeah. says. Uh, she ordered drawstring tote bags from Keep the Reservoir Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes up and down the neighborhood and uh, does recycling for all these different houses in all those neighborhoods. That's and great. Yeah, she just celebrated the beginning of March, her a full year of neighborhood recycling. Yeah, because I guess like they're growing up when recycling did start of kind of start taking place. It was the thing where like if you wanted to recycle, you had to take it to the recycling yeah. plant yourself. So it sounds like she's doing all the dirty work yeah. and the heavy lifting. And doing it for people. That's awesome. Yeah, she provides them. I guess she provides them with bags. Uh, They'll put the stuff in it, and then she comes around and collects all of them and brings them to a recycling plant. Wow, that's awesome. Nine years old, people. Eight and nine-year-olds are killing it in Mississippi, and they're both girls. Woohoo! Girl power. Yeah. Good good small-town hometown news. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Okay, last story, uh, Animal Corner. Uh, this is about a little dog named Thor. He's in an he's in Akita, which Aww. are the fluffy uh, white ones. Mm-hmm. Um, a Japanese Akita, and he lived in Capacaba de Sol in southeast Brazil. And his owner 
Claudio passed away mm. in 2015 at 58. And Thor, the dog, missed him so much. He got he got like sick. He was depressed. He was like so grief stricken. Mm-hmm. Um, the Claudio's neighbor, um, ended up taking Thor in and taking after him. But Thor, every single day by himself, walks the same route that he and Claudio used to walk every day. Aww. Every day. Aww. The And he always comes back and, like, the, the woman taking care of him would, like, follow him somewhere at times to mm-hmm. see if he would ever veer off course. And he never does. It's the same exact route every yeah. day. Wow. He walks it by himself. I, that makes me want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Oh. And he's just the sweetest uh, so she just like feeds him in the morning and then opens the gate and he yeah. does his walk, his Love Claudio it. tribute walk and then comes back. Well, that's a breed thing too with this particular kind of dog. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like they are dogs that are known for attaching themselves if they do attach because oftentimes they won't mm-hmm. to one person and then they can go off and then they will return. But like they're very independent mm. type dogs versus like pit bulls, which love people and have anxiety when people leave like that yeah. kind of thing um but that's pretty cool that I like like i don't know like how 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 could you not love a dog that has that much love for something i know for someone the animal corners are always very funny because there's like not a lot of extra to say about them other right. than like I love this. It's a great story. Like it kind of summarizes news. all of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's all like last week's was a bunch of elderly retiree women who knit sweaters for chickens. Oh, and it's like, I've seen those pictures. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like after you say that, you're like, and that's, that's all. Yeah. That's the tidbit about that. No discussion needed further. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> What a fun thing. They all get together at the same time and they yeah, all knit them together. They just knit tiny little chicken sweaters and the, it helps the chickens through the winter and they lay better eggs. Oh, so there is a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I thought these women were just getting together and to, you know, to pass the time. Yeah. You know, why not? You know what would look great? Yeah. <laughs> a cashmere on a... I know. I was going to say Angora. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Rabbit fur on a chicken. That would be awful. <laughs> Uh, well, now we're to the part, my favorite part of the cast, where I get to ask you uh, about. Oh, did I not prep you on this? I'm so what? sorry. No, 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 go. Um, uh, I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. I try to I let you, you know ahead of time. I get to ask you about a time in your life that you received good news, gave good news, or it's just any time you were affected by something in a positive way that stood out to you. Well, you did. You did prep me on this and I thought about it long and hard. And honestly, like the first thing that comes to my mind that like still like I just get a bath of warmth across my body is with the 2017 Women's March when that was Uh, happening. mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't able to go. I had to do some work that day. Um, But I was keeping up with everything on Instagram. And to see all over the women that were participating in this march and how I felt like I was there because I was able to do this. And then to find out the amount of women and men that took place, that took part in this protest made my heart so happy because it seems like we're at a time where like, what is protesting really, really matter? Is this really a protest? Is it a march? Like, what is it? But the fact that so many people came together to affect each other because one positivity and, you know, affects another positivity like we were talking about 
it, it just made me so happy. It, it yeah. really did to see everybody. And what was the final number? It was something like eight, eight. It's more than 8,000. I'm horrible with numbers. Um, oh, me too. I, I throw out, even sometimes when I have a number in front of me on this podcast, I will say it wrong. Yeah. It's like a thousand and I say a million or something. Right. Let me look it up really quick. Um, I feel, I felt the same way. I also could not participate in it. I was out of town. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I was following all day and especially, um, I loved seeing the LA and they, it was expected. See, now I can't remember the numbers either, but there was like a certain number that was expected and it ended up being like 10 times that mm -hmm. and it was peaceful yep. the whole time. Yep. That's another thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in LA too, I believe it was LA. Um, there was a, a video that I saw where the, the March was passing by a corrections facility and the people that were inside the tall building were flashing their lights and the people below were chanting, we see you, we oh. see you. So amazing. I so, and, that. and that particular day too, I remember going outside in the morning and I was up and out like by six or seven in the morning and my neighbors were all coming out and had signs and hats on. And yeah. it was just like this feeling of like, wow, we as a people have an excuse to show each other that we do have something, which is our voice. Yeah. We have our body. And at a time when it seems like we have so little control as working class people or just uh, as marginalized Americans, that at least we have each other. Mm -hmm. And this gave a moment for us all to kind of come together and to just be in awe of the amount of people in L.A. and New York and D.C. Yeah. Uh, and everywhere else that came together to 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 bond and say, we see you. Yeah. You know, I loved it because also it was not an anti Trump right. March. It was a pro people. Yes. March. Yes. Um, and I felt like, okay, uh, sorry, I just cut myself off, but I've just felt like that was such an important distinction to make. Mm -hmm. And like the vibe was also very much that it was not angry. Yeah. It was like, yo, <laughs> what's up guys? Yo, yo, I see you. Um, okay, up to, oh, so I think it was like almost 10 million 10 million, worldwide. okay, good. I was so, going to say 8 million, then I was like, is that too much? Too, yeah. And I was like, is that how many people live in the U.S.? Is that why I'm thinking right. about them? Uh, so around uh, probably 4.5 people in the U.S. and up to 5 million worldwide. I love it. So yeah, that was like, you know, when you asked me that question, I was trying to think and like, I think something like that is so far beyond just one person's self. That's why I like that. That's yeah. why that, that gives me a good news feeling, a good positive feeling. Yeah. Um, cause it is so easy to be like, Oh, well, you know, I booked this commercial today and that made me feel really good. But in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to like really good news or like, Oh, well I found out that my mother beat breast cancer. Yes, that is good news. Yeah. But most recently, like that's, that is the time that I felt happiness to tears of just like and even like right now thinking about it like just how proud I am to be not only a woman but an American mm -hmm. um and it you know like looking back in history books and thinking about the 60s and thinking about what was going on in San Francisco and just people protesting and what that meant then and to see that happening now in a way yeah and it's weird I don't know like to feel so powerless right now and to, to be able to at least be with 10 million other people. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. I like 
that this is your story because I think it also highlights that like the the things that I like what you just said about what matters most and the biggest impact and the times I think that we feel the happiest and like the is when we're connected with each other and helping each other Agreed. and when you're not doing something uh self-serving or something because uh, yeah it makes that it's, it can be so lonely being a person oh, and yeah. we're around each other all the time and yeah. anything that makes us feel connected and help each other is huge. Yeah. And it's hard too nowadays when it is so easy to like, you know, talking about what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast to isolate yourself mm -hmm. with your technology and to have that, that false feeling of uh, inclusion mm -hmm. because you're, you know, connected to, 2,805 people on Facebook or right. whatever. You got lots of likes or something. Right, exactly. And, like, this is a conversation that's been happening now for over a decade. But, yeah. like, you know, and it's also weird to say this because, like, again, I couldn't go to the march, but to be on social media, yeah, that was truly a good example of, like, why I love that Instagram platform mm -hmm. because I was able to watch videos. I was able to see what it was like in New York because of things that my uncle posted videos that took. And then the next day talking to my uncle, talking to my brother-in-law who are both in New York about what their experiences were like. Yeah. It, it had a great feeling. Yeah. The darkness kind of subsided for a second yeah. and the light shone down and I don't know, anything felt possible or everything felt okay one yeah. of those sentiments yeah it's good news that's good news <laughs> i love that um well thank you so much jill for coming here today so much fun hannah what like, a great way to to start our day yeah <laughs> a little bit of gratitude touching down yeah love it i love this it. is a great podcast hannah oh thank you mm -hmm. Uh, I love having people on and I always love the ends because it just turns into like real talk and how it affects uh, you and us and each other. And it. it's always like I always end up having wonderfully surprising conversations. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, we just came over to talk about some stuff today. But then I feel like you like get to have real good. Feel good. Yeah. Real good. Feel good. Connect with each other, y'all. Yeah. Um, create solutions uh be like the little girls uh, in mississippi people. find some bugs <laughs> <laughs> um okay good news later everybody see ya well i'll see you never because i am in my house and you're listening but maybe i'll see you <laughs> You'll see. we'll make an effort yeah uh i might see you around and good news later and talk to your earbuds next wednesday bye bye Been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.